Hello, Facebook. It's Wednesday, March 25th, 9 p.m., and I'm Joycelyn Wells, host of Joy Exposed Adult Talk Radio. Or is it Adult Talk Podcast? You know, I'm old school, so I kind of go back and forth between the lingo. So it's a podcast for adults, explicit language. So hi, guys. So it's Wednesday, our second full week of self-isolation. We've been out of school, we've been out of work, and this is the second week. So I'm going to check in with you guys and see how you're doing. I think, honestly, I'm struggling with it. We'll talk about it in a bit. So I'm going to talk about um, me and this uh, Three Cheers of Joy. I always start with Three Cheers of Joy. So tonight, if you've noticed my background, I'm in a different place. I'm at my mommy's house. So... I came to see my mom. I know, I know. You guys are going to be like, got to keep your ass at home. But I had to come check on my mom. She lives in Jacksonville. So my sister's in Atlanta. I'm in Tampa area. So she's here. So I had to come through and see what she was about. And you know, if you're going to see your mom, you got to drink some 1800 silver. So cheers. That's what we're drinking tonight for three cheers of joy. My wine glass tonight says, Wind me up and watch me go. Thanks to my mom. Thanks, mom. So 1800 silver, this is brought to you by. So first things first. The first thing I'm happy for, or, well, my first celebration tonight in Three Cheers of Joy is that I did a Zumba class on Monday. Oh, my God. It was my first time doing Zumba. Today is Wednesday. I'm still sore. So I did a Zumba class Monday. I'm still sore today. So if I don't do it again this week, <laughs> I'll start again next Monday. But either way, I did it for the first time. It kicked my ass. And um, But my cheer of joy is that I finished. Although I wanted to quit at about three minutes in, I made it to the end. So cheers to Zumba. My second cheer of joy is still hanging into the idea of trusting my first instinct. So originally I had a flight to Atlanta. You guys know I had an event scheduled for the 28th, but it was canceled. It was postponed. So I was thinking the other morning that I should just drive there anyway because I just want to go. And I decided I'm just going to drive to Atlanta anyway and to interact with as few people as possible that I would drive myself there. And that way I could come and check on my mom and um, make sure she's okay and see, you know, what she needs from me. And I mean, she's not much older than me. She was a child bride, for, seriously. <laughs> so she's not much older than me. I don't know why I feel a need to check on her, but I did want to see her because I hadn't seen her in a while. So it gave me an opportunity to spend some time with her. So I'm really happy about that. So that's my second cheer of joy is trusting my first instinct, choosing to drive instead of fly and seeing my mommy. So my first cheer of joy was a Zumba class. The second, Zoom, the second cheer of joy was um, driving instead of flying, which gave me an opportunity to spend some time with my mom. I'm at her house now. She loves anything animal print. So whenever I'm here, I'm always surrounded in animal print, which I love it too. And you notice in my own bedroom, I still have some. But so I'm sitting in her sitting room uh, recording tonight. My third cheer of joy is, uh, I guess I would have to say it's maintaining just the neat level of peace through this whole pandemic, right? Where everybody's stressing and worried and all of that. And I really feel like I'm in a good place that I'm not stressing. I'm not worried. I'm not, I just feel really good about that. So that's my third level. My third cheer of joy is just maintaining an even level of peace and not getting caught up in the crap about the pandemic. It's already scary enough when you think about a pandemic. And I was reading that we haven't had one in the area in which I live since 1918, in which it was a Spanish flu, and it was in World War II. So this is a big deal. And, you know, we're already a little bit worried about it. But when you look at social media and you look at even the news and the president's comments and the conspiracy theorists and the blah, 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 it, it's really kind of 
ad nauseum, right? You're kind of like, I just need it to stop because I, I still need to be able to function and I got to maintain my sanity. So my third cheer of joy is hanging on to the peace, staying calm through this whole pandemic thing. And I really feel good about it. I haven't gotten caught up or just so worried just yet. Um, and I don't know that I will, but I'm definitely really cool about it. So that's kind of, I just, I say that because I know how I am during like hurricane season. And if you've never lived in Florida and you haven't experienced the hurricane season, I just think that that's something everybody should go through at least once. So hurricane season just drives me insane. But this, just the chaos, the empty shelves in the grocery store, the Oh, then constant news that, you know, that reminds me of hurricane season. But for, for whatever reason, I'm calm as hell. And it could be because I'm 50, but it, you know, I don't know, but I'm really calm about it and I'm very pleased. So that's my third cheer of joy. So cheers. So this is my, um, 1800. It's a margarita my mom made. She always makes the best margarita. I never try to duplicate it, but you know, I was here and I stopped at the store and I bought some tequila because that's her favorite thing. So, well, you can't you can't go wrong with the mom who loves tequila. <laughs> no way. So here we go. Cheers to that. Thanks, mom, for the tequila tonight. All right. So those are my three cheers of joy. It was Zumba class, following my gut instinct in driving instead of flying and being cool during this pandemic. So those are my three cheers of joy tonight. I hope you're celebrating. And what are you use what are you using to celebrate tonight? Um hang on a second. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Um so now we'll go in what are you guys celebrating tonight? Are you are you drinking any cocktails? I know somebody's got to be drinking with me. I see Millicent Hines is on here. Girl, you made a great post earlier about that um somebody taking care of you. Why you take care of you post. I love that. So thank you for posting that. I was trying to get in line for that action right there. That was lit. Um Millicent's <laughs> the post that Millicent made said, roll her a nice ass blunt and suck her clit while she smoked. It is a pandemic, so I wouldn't usually say anything like that, but why not? <laughs> I I could go for that right now. <laughs> so my, that'll be my first Facebook post of the week. All right, the second post, my Facebook post of the week. Um, let me go back and find it. All right, so this was by far my best post all week, and I'm going to share it because it explains a lot of who we are. Um, There's a guy named Anthony that I went to undergraduate school with, and he made a post, and his post says, uh, with this Rona lockdown, some of you extroverts are just finding out that some of the friends and families are introverts. Here are some basic rules on how to communicate with them during these times. Number one, no matter the circumstance, texting is the preferred way of communication. <laughs> That's me. Text me. Please text me, don't call. I literally probably talk on the phone twice a day, if that much. Definitely text is better. Uh, number two, just because we are home alone doesn't mean we are lonely. If you call, we automatically assume it's bad news, so we might not answer the phone. <laughs> That's me. Oh, my God. When I was reading this, I was like, this is so me. I, I actually sent him a message and said, I'm still in your post. Number three, if we happen to answer your call after the initial pleasantry, get straight to the point. We're doing fine, so no need to ask. Number four. After your point is discussed, say thanks for taking my call and get off the phone. We know you and your family and your job are doing well. So even if we ask, don't go into details. <laughs> and number five, if you call more than twice in one day, you become just as annoying as a telemarketer and you likely won't get any future calls answered. Bonus, if we call you, then that shit is highly important. So answer the damn phone. That is all. Man. I love this post and I told it was such a 
maybe succinct um, summary of what it feels like to be me. Cause I'm like, if you call me, I'm like, oh God, what's wrong? That's my first thought is something's gotta be wrong. It took me literally years to change my thought process on somebody is just calling to call. I automatically had an anxiety that something was wrong when you called. So now that I am older, I realize it's not as stressful as I pegged it to be. But still, send me a text. It works very well. It, you know, it requires just straight factual information. It doesn't have to be a lot. So I appreciate that, right? So I appreciate the text. Um, so that works well for me. Stephanie says, me too. Text is so much better. Hi, Joey. Cheers to you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Stephanie said, I shouldn't have to say all right two or more time. <laughs> the first time you're like, all right, then. All right, then gotta go. You know, yeah, I'm with you on that. As soon as you start wrapping it up, you're like, okay, I gotta go. So I think that just becomes, you know, because I think people who spend a lot of time by themselves process a lot of information already. So they're not really interested in processing anymore. And when people call and they want to just go on and on and on and on and on, it really gets a little bit exhausting. So I thought that was a great post. So thank you very much. And um, so thank you very much, Amp T, for your post. I like that. And um, I saved another one. Let me find it. Oh, I saved it in my Facebook. This one's kind of funny. Let me see if I can find it. Under what was my collection for later? I may not be able to find it. Sometimes I do that. I get so caught up. For later. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is funny. It's talking about um, Gen X. It says Gen X in the house, bitches. Gen X in the literal house, bitches. So the first one is a uh, tweet that says, shout out to Gen X, the only generation who can keep our asses at home without being told. The motherfucking latchkey kids, the generation used to being neglected by fucking everyone will be the only ones who left. <laughs> so when I started reading it, I was like, latchkey kids? That was me. <laughs> the kids who got to spend the time in the house by themselves because your parents were at work. So that was me. Hey, Monique. So it said, uh, so it, it keeps going. We tried to tell you this overwhelming need for activities and directions was weird and lame. And now look at you. Can't even stay home for the weekend. Motherfuckers is not hard. You turn on the TV or pick up a book and you fucking sit there. No one cares that you're bored. <laughs> so, I'm such a reader. I read everything. It says we're trending. And this makes me very uncomfortable. Uh, let's see. Listen, listen. This is from the mother. Listen, don't answer the door. If anyone calls, say she can't come to the phone. Take the chicken out of the freezer and watch your brother. <laughs> this is hilarious. We survived Reagan, the crack epidemic, the AIDS epidemic, the war on drugs, mass incarceration, the SNL collapse, all the while living on nothing but peanut butter and jelly and in you. The other generation should follow our lead on this one. Uh, someone said, we needed three things, a house key, a microwave, and a scholastic book order form. <laughs> okay, 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 I'm almost finished. Man, that was so funny to me. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Yep, and when the real push comes, those shoplifting skills we learned early on will really kick in. We actually know how to fight, and we're used to living on food that starts off at a, as a powder. Someone followed up saying, oh my God, you're so right. Jello pudding mix, tang, Nestle quick cake mixes Kool-Aid, and not powder, but so many TV dinners. Man, this thread was so Funny, because it sounds like anybody that's over like 30 all experience that same thing, especially me. I talked about it before. I think 
I was a latchkey kid at like six years old. So in my um in my community in small city, Cartersville, Georgia, my mom worked for Southern Bell. So this is before it became Bell South AT&T. It was called Southern Bell, Mom Bell, right? And her she moved us purposefully across the street from Southern Bell. So we had a one bedroom apartment across the street, me and my mom. Because I just said to you guys early that she's not much older than me. I mean, like 18 years. But when you're 50 and she's 68, you guys are pretty much sisters. So she's not much older than me nowadays. Back in the day, she was older. But now I'm catching her. We about to, in the same place. So anyway, so we lived across the street from her job. She worked from in the morning. She would be home to get me ready for school. She worked like a split shift, maybe like a 8 to 12. And then she, so she went like an eight to 12 or something. And then she went back for another four hours. It was a split shift. I don't even think they do that kind of stuff anymore today. So she would go to work, get off, come home and cook dinner. And then she'd go back to work. I'd come home, have to do my homework, get myself ready for bed. And then she would come home. So this is all when I was like six and seven years old. Like this was my life. So I've, that's, I've said before, I've always taken care of myself. I've always been by myself. I had to be responsible. And when you have a, hey, Kendra, girl, how you doing? And when you have a mom that's a single mom that's trying to make it work, you don't have a lot of room for error because we didn't have a lot of mess up room. So, you know, being a latchkey kid early, that's kind of prepared me for this pandemic. <laughs> I'm now I'm like I'll stay home for hours I don't care yeah I don't even have to watch tv what kind of books I got oh I've read this one let me read it again uh, you know so you kind of go through the same thing over and over so I thought that list was pretty funny and those are my Facebook posts of the week I did make a Facebook post yesterday that was very popular I was surprised I said um let's see I said uh Gosh, what I know that there's a simple phrase that I'm going to have trouble with when I get married, and it's let me check with my husband. And that got like a lot of people was like a lot of people like that. But I know I'm so independent. I don't know that I necessarily. Hi, Kim. I don't know that I'll necessarily. That'll be the first thing that I think when I'm making plans to do something because I'm so quick to do stuff already. Like I've been dating the same guy for. A couple of years now and I think last summer I told him like hey I'm going to Italy for a month and I think a couple of weeks ago I was like gosh I was planning to go to Italy for July but with this pandemic I don't think I'm going to get to go as I'm saying it and the words are coming out of my mouth I realized that I never said anything to him about that so I have to get used to thinking in terms of a couple in terms of somebody else and today when i was traveling i realized that i don't think i'm single anymore because i share my location with him like all the time and you guys know for as much bullshit as i can get in the fact that i'm sharing my location with somebody <laughs> says i'm either not getting in any more bullshit or i'm okay with him coming to pull me out of bullshit but either way, I am sharing my location with him and he is sharing his location with me. So I think in, you know, 21st century terms, I'm in a relationship, so it might be off the market. So that's funny to me because, you know, I always talk about being single. All right. So those are my Facebook posts of the week. And um, let's, oh, that's me. I'm sorry. So let's see what else we got going on tonight. Oh, I'm at my mom's house. I told you guys. Look what I found in her house. She has like two trunks full of jet magazines. When is the last time you've seen a jet magazine? So I thought I would talk about a couple of them and I only pulled from March that would give us like so many years from today to kind of see what kind of information was talked about. And March 24th of 2003, look him. Wasn't she the first baddie, right? She was setting it off. So Lil' Kim, I looked in some of her stuff and she talked about, you know, her little, um, not little, I don't want to minimize. 
she was talking about how she wanted to be respected for her music and not just for the way that she looks. And if you think about the way that Lil' Kim came out and she was so ultra sexy and showing a lot of skin and her mouth, we consider it vulgar or kind of racy. And now that's like the trend. I mean, you think about Lil' Kim, you think about, who is it, Nicki Minaj now and Cardi B and hell, I don't even know who else, but everybody's mouth is like, blah, they just say whatever. Hell, probably me. I'm sure I say a whole bunch of shit now that I didn't necessarily say before. But there has to be somebody to open the door of that ultra sexy, you know, mm, right? So, and Lil' Kim is talking about, she wants fans to like her look, but she wants you to love her music. So, you know, that's kind of the double-edged sword that people, that women go through. You want to be sexy, but you need people to know that you're smart and talented too. So Lil' Kim was talking about that early on. And um, in March 24th, 2003, the top albums, Chocolate Factory, R. Kelly. We, never, we didn't see this shit happening with R. Kelly, did we? Get Rich or Die Trying, 50 Cent. And I Care For You by Aaliyah. Uh, Under Construction with Missy Elliott. 10 by LL Cool J. Nas's Godson, The Last Temptation by Ja Rule, and Chapter Two, The Voice by Selena Johnson, Duty Rock by Sean Paul, and Nellyville by Nelly. So that's 10 of the top 20. Birdman was on there, Floetry was on there, Whitney Houston, Jaheem, Tyrese, DJ Envy. Wow. It's not really anybody here I haven't heard from, I guess. Maybe Selena Johnson, I haven't. And, um, Maybe Sean Paul, Vivian Green. I think she's still around. So that was the top 20 albums. Television was, um, what was going on? You know how y'all know I jet, we kind of focus on the uh, Black American shows. Scrubs with Donald Faison. I don't think he's acting anymore. Uh, Makai Pfeiffer was on ER. Wayne Brady, whose line is it anyway? So I was just kind of going through these Jet magazines like, Jesus. And she's got like two trunks, she said. <laughs> well, the reason I'm saving them is for you and your sister, or maybe the grandkids will want to do something. I'm like, let's sell. <laughs> you know, the kids don't be caring about shit. We don't care. We like, let's sell it. I'm like, let's sell it. How, can, how much money can we make? Right? <laughs> Kendra said when she saw the leopard print furniture, she thought I was at my mom's. You're absolutely right. I'm at my mom's. I said, where I am tonight, you're right on that. <laughs> so, it, but, you know, we were kind of like, let's sell it. I'm Well, I'm like, let's sell them. It's Jet Magazine. Somebody out there want to buy them. So Tyra Banks was talking about Next Top Model girlfriends we all love that we're talking about a reboot of that right that was 2004 half and half i don't even know how many seasons that was um that was on but that was with essence atkins and rachel true i don't think rachel true or valerie valerie pettiford still acts tell Hopkins still acts but i don't think rachel true does haven't seen her and march 29 2004 Usher Confessions. We all love Usher Confessions. Sweet baby Jesus. That was my move right there. I could still listen to that album from top to bottom. So that was on. That was Usher. So I was just flipping through these Jet magazines. And a lot of you young people don't even know Jet was came every week. It was important in the house, right? So Jet came, everybody had to read it. So uh, my mom has tons of them. So if there's any any particular issue you're looking for, if you have relatives, because it did cover a lot of different people and not just the stars, the community. If there's any Jet magazine that you're looking for in particular, let me know. I can look and see if my mom has it and I'll send it to you. So that's no problem. <laughs> I know she's listening to me like, don't be giving my stuff away. But I'm just saying, if there's something you want, let me know. Also, um, we'll continue here. Um, I think that in this, uh, we're going to switch gears to the coronavirus. And I made a couple videos last week kind of talking about our, um, 
the meaning for it for us what does it mean this coronavirus and hopefully you guys aren't getting lost in all of the news because you can't get lost in when you get lost in the news of it you also get lost in the fact that you have a purpose to fill and we can't afford to get lost in it people are talking about <coughs> excuse me people are talking about how people aren't staying at home people should just stay at home and follow the rules and martial law and people this isn't anything new the way people are responding to this pandemic this is how we respond this is how americans respond to things we take law with a grain of salt we take our consequences and we keep it moving we'll take whatever penalty if it's a ticket if it's a whatever we're very selfish in the, doing the things we want to do without considering the greater good that's who we are remember we started out in what was it 81 82 with a couple of cases of hiv not knowing what it was and now you look what 40 years later how many people have hiv and are treated for it and people still are active in unprotected sexual acts not can not caring about it right so that it you knew that there was a problem and people still participate in it so right now with there being this pandemic of this COVID 19 you know there's a problem and there are people that are still going to take chances there are people still going to do what they have to do i gotta go to work i can't afford to take off whether the job is essential or not essential they got to figure out a way to make money and take care of their family they um you want to go do this you need to go to the store you need to get away from your kids you need to get out of the house i'm gonna go do this i'm i live in central florida i'm in central florida small town america we have one case if you drive down the street where i live in that area it's business as usual yes the restaurants are doing takeout only yes some businesses have closed because that's what the state has mandated but when you look at the everyday citizens of the area people are doing whatever they want to do they're going to continue to move the way that they want to move and that's not to say that it's okay but it is to understand that you can only do uh this is what i talk about all the time you can only do what you can do to protect yourself that's in everyday life that's you can't make somebody do something you can only protect yourself so if you have to stay in the house and stay quarantined and protect your family if that's what your goal is to do then that's the only thing that you can do you can't make people do what you want them to do if people are out and they have tested positive for positive for covid or they have symptoms and they haven't tested and they're still moving around and that, that's what they're going to do i mean like literally you can't stop them maybe there's a sanction for them maybe there's a uh, consequence for them I know now if you have sex unprotected sex with somebody and they have HIV then that's gonna be like an attempted murder or something it, there's a charge associated with it right so before the immediate impact of it you have to function on what it is you can do and I say this and I'm guilty because I had a, a reading scheduled for Saturday in Atlanta and I wasn't going to cancel my reading. I, I was going to wait until the venue canceled the reading for me. I wasn't going to cancel it because I, I was like, I'm going to do it. If people are going to come, I'm going to do my reading. That was my, that was literally my mindset. If people, people bought tickets, people RSVP'd, if they were coming, I was doing the reading. And I meant that. So the venue, the person that I was working with told me we we're going to postpone to April. So I have to, we have to come up with another date for April. So we had to cancel the March 28th date. But I still had a plane ticket, right? I had a plane ticket. I wanted to come to Atlanta. Atlanta is where home is for me right i wanted to come i want faceless love lives in atlanta so me coming to atlanta to do an event i had people that i wanted to see i had faceless love that i wanted to touch and to touch me and to be close to like in my mind i had stuff i wanted to do i had maintained my held on to my flight so uh yesterday morning i awoke and this is one of my cheers of joy i woke yesterday morning about five 
And I said, okay, well, flying would be irresponsible because I'm going to be in touch with too many people. Like, so I don't know that I'm not going to fly. And I had to process that. What is that? If I fly, I got to go to the airport, going to be around people there. I got to go through testing there. I got to go through screening. I got to, you know, so I'm just taking all my time into consideration. And I've said before, my time is money. So me spending six hours in the airport, that's money to me. That's a waste of my time. It's like I'm giving money away. So I decided as I was sitting there like, well, it's only going to take me seven hours to drive to Atlanta. So why don't I just drive to Atlanta? That way, I'm only dealing with me. When I get gas, I don't have to deal with anybody. I can only deal with me along the way, right? So, and that will limit the amount of exposure that I bring to faceless love along the way, right? So when we spend our time together. So I just, re I decided to switch it up. So I decided to drive. And then once I decided, when I was making my reservation for my car, I was like, well, let me leave a day early and then I can go check on my mother because my mother is here by herself. So I can check on her, make sure she doesn't need anything. And um, she hasn't been anywhere. <laughs> she doesn't want to go anywhere. She hasn't been anywhere. And then it's me coming. And she said to me when I got here, she says, well, I guess we're in it together. So if one of us gets it, we both get it. At least we're family and we're together. And I thought, okay it's my mom those are her thoughts and she's i'm okay with her thoughts because that means she wants me here too so let's figure this out you know so it's it really just kind of make you rethink your movements but you know the people you want to touch the people you want to love the people you want to be for you be there for you find a way to get to them and that's how i ended up here with my mom so we're sitting here she's in the living room now and We've been talking about all kinds of stuff. And, you know, we kind of, my mom and I grew up together because she was a young mother and, you know, young mothers and their children grow up together. That's just the way that it is. They're not, grow, they're not fully adults. When she was 18, she had me. She wasn't fully an adult. She had to learn herself and learn me too. So we grew up together and now we're finally at a place where there's a mutual understanding of respect of women. So there's a respect that we're both women and not just she's my mother and I'm the child. So that this has been a good, good place for me. And I needed this. I needed this conversation. I needed this understanding. I needed to know how she was in this situation. So, you know, that makes a huge difference. And I don't know if a lot of you go through that kind of stuff with your parents, but it's important because I'm always trying to make sure that my path from the the things that I've come away from, I'm not connected to them. I'm There's not any issues as I move forward to being of my purpose. So that's important for me. I don't like to hold a lot of, I don't hold any grudges. I don't have anybody that I say we're not friends or I'm not mad at anybody. I need to make sure that shit is clean because I got a whole purpose to fulfill. And it has. I have no time to be in those petty moments, right? So, you know, so it's good for me to see my mom and, uh, once we got here, once I got here and started talking, she was like, well, when are you coming back from Atlanta? So I was like, I'll be back Sunday. She was like, oh, I'm going to ride up with you. <laughs> so now me and my mom are riding to Atlanta. So we're going to ride up together. She's going to my sister's. And then I'm going to go hang out with Faceless Love and love on him and let him love on me and just us count the time and try to figure out how to close the distance between the two of us and that's a that's huge for both of us right that's that's a big deal when you if you live in a house with somebody that you love if you if you live in a house with somebody that you love and that you enjoy being with then bless you lucky you because those of us who live away from the people that we love and the people that we want to talk to and share air with and eat with and see and whatever those people those that we live apart those are things that we desperately long for and this pandemic has definitely put a exclamation mark on what it means to live in the right now it definitely put an exclamation mark to say 
this is the moment, live in the moment right now. So it's really interesting for me. And, um, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm working on it. We, I think we're both working on it. So it's kind of, you know, it's good. And uh, so I'll be driving up tomorrow to Atlanta and um, we're going to stay at one of our favorite places because it's central to people that I love and I like to be close. He's very considerate that way that I, he knows my sister's there and I've got my girlfriends that live in the area. So it's central to that without me driving all over the city. So I'm going to be there. So I'll get to do maybe some air hugs, maybe some six foot social distancing. That would be kind of awesome. Right. Um, so hopefully I'll get to do that. But otherwise, I'm just going to come up to Atlanta. It's my place that I receive love and I'm going to come get me some. Let's see what else. Um, oh, I'm going to tell you what. My stomach is definitely trying to reintroduce itself. Now, I used to have a stomach back in. You guys can't see me, which is good, rubbing my stomach. But I used to have a stomach back in the early 2000s. And I was able to work it off. Like I had a stomach stomach and then I had like a stomach, but I have a rule of thumb about my stomach. My rule of thumb is if I look down, I should be able to see my breast and then see my feet. I shouldn't see my stomach sticking out beyond my breast. That is okay. That's fine with me. But as soon as I see my stomach sticking out beyond my breast, I got a fucking problem. It never gets to that because you can feel it. You know it's growing. Well, now we're doing this um, isolation, and I just feel like my stomach is, like, demanding to be, like, heard or seen. <laughs> it's just like a damn mess. I'm like, sweet baby Jesus, how much exercising can I do? So I don't know if it's the not exercising or the drinking, because I have been drinking. I've been drinking plenty of bourbon. And, uh, yeah, I've been drinking plenty of bourbon. Necessarily eating a lot, but definitely drinking a lot. I've got to get past this. we got to get past this pandemic. But I've definitely been. Um... <laughs> Kim said, can't see my feet, sis. Girl, it's the struggle. I'm t it's a, man, it is the struggle trying to figure that thing out. So, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to need to do because i got plans. i got stuff to do. i got a whole summer. I mean, it's not a hot girl summer because I just took myself off the market. But, um, oops, sorry. I was just taken off the market. So it's not a hot girl summer. But I still want to look like a hot girl even if I ain't a badass give up bottle, right? So I ain't trying to do that. But I still want to look good. So I got to get that together before summer comes. Let's see what else we got tonight. It's 940. Let me see what else was. Oh, you know what? I was thinking that um, I wanted to talk about uh, a couple of things and uh, a couple of conversations that happened on Facebook about people. Uh, let me see if I can find it. If I can't find it, then I'm, I'll just go past it. But I thought I saved it. No, it was a guy that asked a question about something and it really brought up some conversations in me. Uh, yeah, I can't. I don't know what it is. I don't want to waste any time looking for it, so I won't look for it. Maybe I can find it for you guys for next week. So today is the 25th. So that means in two weeks, it will be my um, one-year anniversary for Joy Exposed. And I'm going to have to one year anniversary for joy exposed and i'm gonna have to have some prizes for that day because i can't believe we've been doing this for a whole year right so that would be april the 8th so the anniversary is april 11th but april 8th will be just about it will be that wednesday before and we'll be two, one year old so i'm really excited about that we've covered a lot of bases. I've met some great people doing this. We've had some really interesting conversations, some great talks. Um, 
the greatest of our conversations, which will continue to grow, I'm sure, is the idea that the education system is being revamped as we speak. If you guys think about <clears throat> the time that you've been in school, everything has been paper, pencil, traditional classroom, right? So now all of a sudden we're in a pandemic, all of the kids are required to stay home and we're now looking at distance education, distance learning. So that's really going to revamp the way that we do education. And I don't know how that will look after this. I know that the parents are pro the kids going to school, getting out of the house. But I think sometimes when kids are now, it's, okay, so let me tell you what I'm thinking. When kids are suspended, that means they can't come to school, but they're required to do the work because they still have access online. I think that when their behaviors are a little bit too extreme, that will require them to be home and to do the work. So I think this is really going to affect the way that we deliver education. And I'm excited to see what that looks like because we haven't done that in years. We haven't revamped education in years. There hasn't been a time since 19, 18, 19, 20, when people were asked not to send their kids to school and people were asked to stay home from work because of another pandemic. So we're talking 100 years ago. So I'm thinking that once we revamp the education system, it's going to definitely kind of adjust the flow. It'll, maybe it'll kind of curb the deficit of teachers. You know, there's a teacher deficit, definitely a teacher shortage. You know, children have a hard time. Some children have a hard time in school. They can't quite figure out socially how to adapt. So now this is going to give them a different, um, another opportunity to get their education. And it, it will involve the um, parents' involvement as well. But I'm really looking forward to see how that's going to go. The other thing that I think that's going to be revamped is the way that we do church. Church is definitely going to take a hit on this, right? Because church requires you to be there. But now with the pandemic, a lot of churches are asking you not to come to church. Don't come in if because you can't have more than 10 people, right, uh, gathered. So don't come into church. And so the churches will be the way that we receive and uh, religion religious education is delivered that's going to be revamped too so i'm looking to see what that looks like because there are a lot of i personally think and i oh i don't know if i want to go into this right now but i personally think that church is one of the things that hold a lot of people hostage because you make a commitment to you make a commitment to a facility to a place to be there every whatever day for this every this for this day every Sunday for this and then you got so all these things so it kind of impedes your right to roam and grow and get to know yourself to actually live in the pages of the Bible because you're relegated to the structure so I think that's one of the things that holds a lot of people in place and because people go to church they use that as kind of a crutch to say to think they're doing what they're supposed to do because they're at church well I go to church you know, I'm a Christian. I go every Sunday. I haven't missed a Sunday and this and I haven't and I go to Bible study and I'm in the choir. So it gives people this false sense of serving, this false sense of being stewards or a false sense of being available, of being of God's work when we don't take into consideration that what God has asked of us is outside the scope of what is outside of the scope of just of being in the church every Sunday. So that to me is always very difficult. And I and maybe because I have commitment issues, I'll never yes, you're right, Kim, and they still want you to tithe. You can't go to church right now and they still want you to tithe. They they church still wants to receive the money required to keep the church in function. And um so I mean there are many things that have create pause for me. Because I'm like, I'm, I can't commit to being somewhere every something for something. I can't do that. Like, I do it for, 
I teach, so I do it for school. So, you know, it's part of my contract. I'm there Monday through Friday. But if I can't be there, then I'm not there. That doesn't mean that I don't get to grow and do something else. It, that's not what that means. So when you, so to me, it's like committing to doing something every this or every this, or every this gets in the way of me growing up for me to grow and become um, of my purpose. So that's, a, that's a hard thing for me to have to try to try to understand. And I don't necessarily like it. But you can't talk people out of it because a lot of people, a lot of people think that because they go to church, it's their kind of pathway to heaven. That's not what that means. It means you've committed to a building and a place for education, but you can get it in theory, but you also have to get it in application. You can read, if you read the Bible every day and you can quote it verbatim, if you got it in theory, but you don't have it in application, then it really doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't mean anything to you. It's just something that you're holding on to. You have to really go out and kind of find your way along your path to be a purpose, right? So you don't get to just say, oh, I go to church, I'm going to heaven. That's not what that means. You have to literally go, you have to literally live, walk this earth, make mistakes, correct yourself, all you got to literally do that to get to your place of understanding who you are and what you do. I think that absolutely, Kim, I totally get, I, I get it. You're not hating. I understand. And I've had this conversation with people before because they're, the thought is that you're supposed to, according to some interpretations, give 10% of your salary as your tithe. My thought is you give 10% of your gift of who you are. Because I believe that if I can give 10% of who I am, and if I can give 10% of who I am and what my gifts are, it's greater than 10% of my salary. Because <laughs> I don't really make much money, but my gifts are abundance and I can give that all day. But if you put a dollar on it, then it's really a minuscule amount. And it's, a, it's an easy way out for me to write a check and then disconnect myself. So I've had to kind of scale back. And I said last week, I grew up in the house with the, my, my dad is a preacher. So that's what he does. Like he manages a church and he relies on, they rely on the flow of income from the community and the uh, congregation. And they rely on that to exist. And we've never talked about the money that it takes for the church to flow. We've never talked about it, but tithing and gifts and contributions, that's a big thing, right? Companies, period, that they're a big thing. That's how the money comes in. But for me, I, my gifts are greater than, if I can give you 10% of my gifts, if what my skills are, you're going to be in a better position than if I give you some cash. Like, um, one of the things for me, my dad has a church and it's in Rome, Georgia. so. I build websites, so I do websites. I purchased the web domain, and my thing was, hey, Dad, you don't have a website. I got a domain. Send me this information. Let me get your website up so that you can expand and reach out in the community. That's been three weeks ago. I've gotten no information from the church about what they're going to put in it to build this web domain that would open them up to the world, right, that will open them up so much that great that's greater to me than paying tithes like because that opens you up to a hundred thousand other people who can also put their gifts in too but because it's not a financial contribution it may not rank as high as the financial contributions and that's just me i'm just saying how it appears to me so you know we have to really take that into consideration hey there keisha so yeah the you know, the, I don't have a problem with church. I don't have a problem with religion. I don't have a problem with people in Christianity or believing or serving any of that. As a matter of fact, last week, I put a spiritual gift survey on my website for people to go and take it and to see what, it, what you look like in the realm of spiritual gifts. I have identified my spiritual gifts, and I, that is where I'm standing. No one, I don't care, in the church, outside of it, on top of it, under it. 
No one can tell me how they want to make use of me when I've already identified the gifts that are bestowed in me from God. So you can't tell me what you want from me. You can't tell me what you want from me. I, God has given me what I'm supposed to do and I'm supposed to move forward with that. Hi, Tim. Um, in Rome, his, it's New Life of St. John. His name is Gordon Wells. So his church is there. So you can't take from me or tell me what you want from me. I have to find my way and get to a point of my purpose. So a great tool that I came across was a spiritual gift survey. And I took the survey and it, man, it lined up with a lot of, many of the things that I do. It lined up how I, from the things that rank to the top to the things that are on the bottom. It was like, oh my gosh, that's me. So when somebody wants something from me, if you believe that you need to put a dollar value on what my gift is to your church or what my gift is because that's your tithe, then you're missing out on much of what I have to offer. And I said that before I had um, a friend of mine who liked to do um, events and sell tickets and stuff like that. And I would tell like, hey, I can't, I can't do this for you because that requires too much of my time. But if you want me to walk into a company and ask them for $1,000, $5,000, $10,000 for this cause, I can do that easier than selling tickets to a bolathon or a pizza plate. Like I can do that much easier because of what my skill set is. I'm not, I'm not that person. Some people can sell those tickets. I know a guy that can sell tickets all day. Hey man, I got you can buy 10 tickets. You can buy 10 tickets for $80. You can do he's a hustler in that. I'm not a hustler in that. That's not me. I'm like, you got a ticket, you want it? And I'm not gonna go person to person. I can go and get you a bulk of money. I can get you a lot of money, but I can't go get you a few dollars. I just for whatever reason. I'm not set up the way. I can go to one person and get you a lot of money, but I can't go to multiple people and get you a few dollars from each. That's just not, it's not how I operate. So, but I figured that out long ago. So I don't like for people to relegate me to a space to be self-serving. Um, I don't like for people to relegate me to that space to serve them. I'm telling you what my gifts are and I'm telling you what I have for you and you don't want it because it, it's not a dollar or it's not whatever amount of money that I make, then that's on you. You can't force me to give it that way. My gifts are what have been what I was designed for, right? So, you know, that's, so I think that the church will be revamped during this time. I think people will have to step back and kind of look internal, kind of internal introspective to see why they're here and to understand what it means to move forward and also to, clear out some of the muck that they have in their lives because we do keep a lot of muck clear out the noise and you know what does it mean to move forward because once we get past this time of shutting everything down i mean we're talking olympics postponed we're talking i was going to a big conference millions of dollars that's postponed and they're giving the money back like we're talking airlines offering you bonuses to cancel your ticket we're talking hotels in vegas closing we're talking huge money makers shutting casinos. yes <laughs> casinos shutting down thank you mom we're talking huge money makers that are shutting down in light of this pandemic so when things start opening up and malls, yes. When things start opening up, it's going to be a different idea of what it looks like. So we've been out of, told that we're out of school till April 15th, but we're going through this whole big push to switch to this digital learning platform. So I doubt that we're going to do all of this for two weeks of distance learning, and then we're going to go back into the classroom. I think we're done for the year. I don't think we'll go back to school this year. I think many places will be done with school this year. Now, if I'm wrong, I, I have a problem saying I'm wrong. Y'all know that, shit, I'll take it in stride, it's whatever. But uh, I think a lot of people will um, take it in stride 
once we open, everything starts open. What does it look like for them? I firmly believe. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Hey, Tim. Yeah, I come to Rome a couple times a year. Not very often. But yeah, I come. And yeah, banks closing as well, too. And they're looking to transfer everything to a digital currency, right? So not just Bitcoin and the other stuff, but now they're looking to U.S. dollar. How do you transfer that to U.S. Uh, currency? I mean, to digital currency. So we're looking at all of that. So I know that for me, I have to look at the things around me that make sense, the things around me that I love, the things around me that feels good to me, the things around me that are important to me. What do I do to manage that and maintain it? I have had the time to sit up and think about people who live in a house with people that they don't like. People who are in the house with people they don't like, they've been trying to avoid, they have circumstances that they don't want to discuss. Those are the people that really have to kind of step back and say, what am I doing with my time here? And is this stopping me to, from being of my purpose? That's a, I tell anybody that any conversation when they want to argue about something or debate some conspiracy theory, I'll ask straight up, well, what the hell does it have to do with you? What's your purpose? Why are you here? What, what are you supposed to be doing? Is this, your, this what you're supposed to be doing? You're going to unveil a conspiracy that's already played out? Shit. You can waste your time somewhere else. This is already played. If you think it's a conspiracy, somebody was on Facebook talking about there's always been a vaccine to uh, coronavirus. I'm like, oh my God. Like there's very various strands of coronavirus and bovine means animal. So like that, okay. So we, I get you trying to make a point, but before you make your point, do some research on your point. Because some, when people don't know, we have to consider our older population who's reading this information, taking this information. What is the care that we're offering them? How do you keep people safe? How do you keep people protected? How do you not minimize the flow of information, but streamline factual information? What does it look like? What does it look like? The things that they're telling you to do is the stuff we're supposed to do anyway. Wash your hands, sneeze into your arm, cough into your arm, This is stuff we're supposed to do anyway. None of this is new. Don't touch your eyes, which I know I just touched my eye. Don't play in your mouth, right? Keep your moist spaces. Keep your hands out of your moist spaces, pretty much. And who's going to keep their hands out of their moist spaces? We're in a pandemic. We touch our moist space. Oh my God, you guys know I'm horrible. We touch our moist faces. So we do what we can to protect ourselves. <laughs> but you know, this is just what that is, right? So we just really have to consider that our safety, our purpose, our path is the most important thing we have going on. And if we've been given the gift of children, we have to make sure they get to a place of being of adulthood. We've got to take care of our children. We can't forsake them. We can't leave them out there just for whatever. We've got to take care of them. We've got to teach them, right? That's just the way that goes. Is So uh, don't forget, if you haven't followed me on... <laughs> yes, Stephanie, moist faces. If you haven't followed me on YouTube yet, please do. It's YouTube at Joycelyn Wells. And I'm also on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio. I'm available everywhere, anything that you want. And um, I've started listing things on YouTube, not Joy Exposed under Coram Deo. Remember, I told you guys I love the Coram Deo, living, living in his light. That to me has been profound. Once I heard that and then I read about it, that's me. I'm living in his light. I am so sure that I am following what God has for me. And I'm, I know people talk about you curse and you drink and you, guess what? Everybody's get got to go through to get to. I'm going through to get to. I have got the words. I have got the understanding and the movement 
and everything will fall into place. And I, shit, I've done a lot of words. <laughs> God sees me, I see him. We're in this whole yummy relationship together. And that's just what that is. So um, don't forget, if you haven't followed me yet on YouTube, follow me on YouTube. Otherwise, I'll see you next Wednesday. I may see you guys on Saturday. I'm thinking I'm going to do a bedtime story. It's so sexy. If you haven't been, if you haven't a virtual bedtime story, it's sexy, but you got to be ready for it. So give me a day to put something together to see if I'm going to do it on Saturday. And it's going to be something so fun. So anyway, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And I'm coming to you live from my mama's house. From my mama's house. I'm 50 now. If my boyfriend was here, my mom always say, don't nobody have sex in my house. If my boyfriend was here. I say, don't nobody lay where I pay. Lay where I pay. <laughs> she said, don't nobody lay where I pay. If my boyfriend was here. Boom, bam, baby. <laughs> Don't come and knocking if the trailer is rocking. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing, mom. All right, guys. Love you, and I'll see you next week. Mm. Joyce Lynn Wells with Joy Exposed. Have an awesome week. Bye. <laughs> mom Kim said, do it. Huh?